This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word show to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word show, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text show to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number is 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, very delighted to have you with me. We've got a ton to talk about today, and we must begin with the President of the United States. I have worked very hard over the last couple of weeks, and I know a number of you have noticed to just kind of avoid out of the gate the raw politics of the presidential election because everybody's already tired of it. But, but. I need you to hear this. And I would note from a number of correspondents this morning that you might have heard this clip on uh, the radio news in the last 24 hours. And if you did, it was an edited clip because I, I, I didn't edit the clip. I ran the clip as it was uttered and said. There's no doctrine of the clip, but the radio news and everyone who has who has has emailed me says it was it was CBS that uh, they heard it on the, the radio um, that it sounded like the clip had been been edited, uh, shortened. Uh, it didn't sound as incoherent as it actually was. This is the unedited clip of the president of the United States yesterday answering a question about the Israel-Hamas situation. There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement, there's been a response from the, uh, the, the, there's been a response from the opposition. But, um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. That's the president of the United States trying to answer a question. The Super Bowl is this weekend. For the second year in a row, Joe Biden will not be doing an interview. Now, I talked about this yesterday, but in in light of this audio, you got to consider it in light of this audio. The president of the United States is not up to handling an interview 
before the Super Bowl. He's not up for much. This is not a, a good or compelling thing that the President of the United States is, is struggling to answer basic questions. There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I'll maybe choose my words. There's some movement, there's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. That's not good. You know, the Donald Trump of today is not the Donald Trump of 2016 or the Donald Trump of 2020, but he's still outperforming Joe Biden on the stage, unscripted, unguarded, unchecked without a teleprompter. Joe Biden of today is not the Joe Biden of five weeks ago, is not the Joe Biden of, of last year, is not the Joe Biden of 2020, is certainly not the Joe Biden of 2016, and it's for all the world to, to see and show. It's remarkable. It is remarkable that this is happening. It is remarkable that we have gotten this far. It is remarkable that Joe Biden is unable to answer coherently basic questions. Donald Trump got Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi mixed up. Now, what I find very funny here, by the way, is that a number of Trump supporters have come forward and said, actually, it was on purpose. Nobody caught his subtlety, but actually it was the genius of Donald Trump. It really was on purpose. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. He's gotten Barack Obama and, and Joe Biden confused. He's gotten Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley confused. People do it. It's not a big deal. He did not confuse the living president of France for the dead president of France and then attribute the dead president of France to being the president of Germany. That's what Joe Biden did. Just roll with it. Accept it. They're both 80-year-olds. They do this. You do this with your kids. It's not some five-dimensional outer space chess on, uh, chess on Donald Trump's part. It's just age and brain, and it's still better than Joe Biden. Joe Biden literally mixed up the living president of France with the long-dead president of France and then claimed that the long-dead president of France was the living president of Germany, who has a chancellor, by the way, not a president in charge. Donald Trump has led Joe Biden in nine of the last 12 polls. He historically overperforms his polling, and he's ahead in major polls from CNN and NBC, both of whom had good track records in 2022. Sean Trendy has an analysis of why Joe Biden is so unpopular. And uh, yeah, it is the economy. Two reasons, he says. Uh, yes, it is uh, the economy. But also, uh, more than that, they care about things ranging from war in the Middle East to their perception of the president. And the more Joe Biden shows up and speaks, the more his age matters to people. And I would add, and who is the alternative to Joe Biden? A woman whose polling is so terrible, she makes syphilis and serial killers look popular compared to her. Kamala Harris is a non-starter for most people. Sure, we're nine months from the election, but people's perceptions have been baked in of Joe Biden ever since he surrendered Afghanistan to the Taliban. But it's not just that. Here comes Gallup today. 
The Republican and Democratic parties have distinctive strengths with different subgroups of the U.S. population. However, Democrats have lost ground among some of their traditionally stronger support groups while gaining ground with others. This is based on an analysis of America's party preference, which includes those who identify as Democratic or Republican and those who are independent but lean towards a party. The Democratic Party's wide lead over Republicans and Black American party preference has shrunk by 20 points over the last three years. The Democrats' lead among Hispanic adults and adults aged 18 to 29 have slid nearly as much, resulting in Democrats holding only a modest edge among both groups. Whereas Democrats were at parity with Republicans among men as recently as 2009 and among non-college-educated adults as recently as 2019, they're now in the red with both groups. Only partially offsetting those trends, the Democrats have gained adherence long-term among college-educated Americans, those with post-grad education, and those with a college degree only. But it's not enough to offset the loss. The media oftentimes talks about the Republicans' problem with women. The Republicans have a huge problem with women. The Republicans, uh, they they can't get women. And and really, when you look at the data, it is more often than not single women. It's not married women. Married white women, in particular, still tend to lean Republican. Married Hispanic women have trended towards the GOP. Younger married black women have, too, if they're in suburban settings, but in urban settings or not. Why? Social issues versus jobs. The Democrats don't have a woman problem. Republicans do. But you know who the Democrats have a problem with? Men. The Democrats have a pretty startling problem now with men. Women lead lean Democrat 49 to 40. Nine-point gap. 49% of women say they are Democrat. 40% say they're Republican. But what about the men? Republicans beat Democrats by 15 points with men. 52% to 37%. What about American adults right now? All American adults? According to Gallup, it's 45% identify as Republican, 43% identify as Democrat. In fact, if you look at the NBC News poll, if you look at the CNN poll, you look at Gallup's data, majority of Americans want Republicans to hold Congress. Even as they don't like Trump, they like Biden even less. And when you dig into the data, when you probe the data to find out why a lot of it has to do with age and the fallback being Kamala Harris, I can't emphasize this enough. I can't say it enough. I can't repeat it enough. You must hear it digest it, process it, know it. For all of the bellyaching of the Democratic Party claiming that Donald Trump is an existential threat to the American Republic, they would not be running Joe Biden and Kamala Harris if they truly believed it. If they truly believe Donald Trump is a threat to our democracy, they would not be running Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, two of the most unpopular national politicians. Kamala Harris is the most unpopular national politician in America. 
The data and trend lines will undoubtedly shift over the next nine months. Incumbency has its advantages. Yeah, I, I, I still think, uh, d- despite the conventional wisdom in the press right now, the conventional wisdom is so often wrong, I, I still think by virtue of being the incumbent president of the United States with an economy that is improving, and it actually objectively is, even if you don't feel it yet, Biden has some latent advantages by being an incumbent president with an improving economy. But Donald Trump outperforms his polling all the time. And he's leading in the polling right now with media institutions that hate him. The the people who are still raw about Trump winning the primary, the DeSantis team, the Haley team, they're like, well, it's, it's all a trap. The polls are obviously going to shift. Well, yeah, I do think they're obviously going to shift, not because the media has been spinning and laying a trap, but because as both candidates are more and more exposed, it will remind people of the deficiencies of each. The only one who's overexposed right now is Joe Biden, who by being president is forced to speak publicly in ways Donald Trump isn't. As Trump's stature elevates and they cover him more and more what he's saying, not just court cases and things like that, but actually putting him on TV, there will be changes. And yes, the Trump team is running out of money and Trump personally is being wiped out financially by the courts. And you do need money to win. There are strategic fundamental problems with Trump as the GOP nominee, but there are strategic fundamental problems with Joe Biden as the Democratic nominee. And the Democrats are exuding confidence over a guy who's not at war with Iran, but is at war with the English language. Joe Biden is a deeply flawed candidate for office. The bravado of the Democrats on television and the bravado of the Democrats in public on on how they're so happy that Donald Trump is the Republican presidential nominee. We have seen this all before, not in 2020, but in 2016. Look what happened in 2016. I'm sure they'll blame the Russians again. They'll never blame the candidate. Maybe this time they'll blame China. They'll blame some other entity. They'll never accept that Trump won if he wins. But I'm just going to say it again, and it bears repeating on a regular basis. Just as you can't take Democrats' claims on climate change seriously when they're always jetting around the place in private jets, you cannot take the Democrats' claims seriously that Trump is a threat to this republic when they're putting up Biden and Harris as their nominees. If Donald Trump were truly a threat to our democracy, the Democrats would not be putting up those two people for their nominees, and yet they are, so we can preclude, we can presume that their statements about Trump are fear-mongering to raise money and not actually serious. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back. The phone number 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. By now, I assume you heard Nikki Haley lost the Nevada Republican primary last night. She lost to... None of the above, essentially. Uh, in Nevada, uh, they allow none of the candidates to be on the ballot. So, well, and by saying none of the candidates, 
uh, it's actually a line on the ballot that says none of these candidates. So it's a protest vote. You can essentially say they all suck. Um, Donald Trump did not participate in the primary. He's participated in the Nevada caucus, which he's worked very hard to make sure he will win. Uh, Haley decided, as did DeSantis, basically to bail on the caucus because Trump was going to be so dominant in it the way it was arranged. So she went with the primary and she lost. Um, I don't quite understand why she is staying uh, in the primary, in all honesty. Uh, I, I Look, she's a friend. I admire her fight, but she's going to lose the South Carolina primary. And, and my guess, and I can't really fault her for this, my guess is that Haley has decided to stay in through the South Carolina primary because it is her home state. She's not going to win her home state, and that is obvious at this point. Uh, like it or not, she's not going to win South Carolina. At that point, I think her money probably does begin to dry up. She's been uh, she went on Saturday Night Live. She's been getting money from outside individuals. Um, they've been supporting her. I just don't know that that's sustainable after she loses her home state of South Carolina. The only reason to stay in is because of the burdens on Trump financially and otherwise. Uh, Y'all probably don't realize this, but so if he wants to appeal the E. Jean Carroll case in New York, he's got to put up, even though the, the verdict was like $83 million, he's got to put up about $115 million. Based on a New York law, he's got to essentially put up a bond to be able to appeal. This other verdict that's coming down on his businesses is looking at a 300-some-odd million-dollar verdict. He's bragged about having immediate access to $400 million. It looks like they're going to go over that, so he's not going to have any available cash to appeal. And he's got to appeal that case. That's a very appealable case. He's going to have to come up with probably four or $500 million to appeal it. There goes all of his personal money. He's going to have to start selling properties. So Haley staying in, I guess, to some degree makes sense in that regard. But I, I don't – if Trump were to leave, and I don't think he will, I don't think the base of the party would go with her. If anything, Nevada signaling they're, they've moved on from the type of Republican that Haley represents. Like it or not, that's just the truth. The truth is also that uh, progressives are coming after you even through your banking institutions. I saw a couple of weeks ago now a credit union had changed the terms of service that it would not allow money withdrawals from it uh, through its debit card systems if it was going to a gun uh, store. So you're not allowed to buy guns through this particular credit union. The left is doing this sort of thing to try to crack down as a backdoor through corporate strategy uh, guns in this country. Old Glory Bank's not like that. It's one of the reasons I use them. They're a conservative bank started by John Rich, Larry Elder, Ben Carson, and like-minded banking experts. OldGloryBank.com, it's their website. Uh, look, it may be an online bank, but they got 85,000 retail locations in the, in the U.S. that they've partnered with where you can deposit cash right into your bank. You can do home loans, VA, conventional, FHA, and you can open an account for you or your kids eight minutes or less, so they have great rates. OldGloryBank.com, terms and conditions apply, member FDIC, equal housing lender. It is my bank. I love them. You will too. OldGloryBank.com. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? Very happy to have you with me today. We need to talk about the Iran situation. It's not getting any better. 
I want to put on your radar a very serious topic about Iran. And I want you to call back to my conversation the other day with Governor Gianforte of Montana. The governor was at the border uh, with Texas and Mexico, said there have been uh, people coming across the border from 140 of the 195 total countries on the planet. There have been a number of people from Iran and the Middle East, many claiming they were seeking asylum. Swedish public radio is reporting that two Iranian agents who claimed to be seeking asylum from Iran as refugees were expelled from Sweden in 2022. It turns out they were linked to Iran's Revolutionary Guard and they were in Sweden aiming to assassinate members of the Jewish community, prominent members of the Swedish Jewish community. So Iranian agents went to Sweden, claimed to be refugees from the persecution of the Iranian regime, sought asylum, entered the country, and began to plot the assassination of Jews, including the chairman of the local Jewish community in Stockholm. Think about the number of Iranian refugees who have come across the border seeking asylum. The FBI director says they're worried there are red flags everywhere, red lights going off across the the map um, that Hezbollah, Hamas, that could be here, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard could be here. Y'all, this is not a hypothetical anymore. This is what happened in Sweden. They were caught. They were expelled. There are a lot of legitimate Iranian refugees. There are a lot of legitimate Iranian refugees. I know a number of and count as friends, a number of refugees from Iran. Most of them call themselves Persian. Walter Russell Mead has a piece at the Wall Street Journal. He, I'm not just starting because he mentions one of my favorite movies. As Master and Commander, the 2003 movie based on Patrick O'Brien's extraordinary historic novels reminds us the key to victory in the age of sail was to have an advantage that sailors called the weather gauge. Thanks to the wind's direction, one side could dictate the timing and pace of the battle. When you wanted to engage the enemy fleet, the wind allowed you to approach. When you wanted to back off, the wind prevented the enemy from closing in. What's clear in the Middle East these days is that Iran has the weather gauge. Iran can spark a crisis whenever and wherever it wants and can also de-escalate at will. From Iraq to Lebanon and Gaza to the Red Sea, Iran and its proxies can create an instant crisis anywhere, forcing the U.S. to respond on Iran's timetable. Even when, as over the weekend, Team Biden responded to Iranian attacks with force, Tehran was in control. Rather than thinking about how to deliver an unmistakable message that will restore deterrence across the Middle East, the administration struggled to find a Goldilocks retaliation strategy, strong enough so centrists don't call it weak at home, weak enough so that Iran won't escalate in return. If the U.S. can't seize the political and military initiative from Team Tehran, Iran will continue playing the Middle East like a piano. And President Biden will keep dancing to Tehran's tune for the rest of his time in office. 
Literature offers another useful image to capture the state of American Middle East policy in this new era of tension and war. Think of the elderly King Theoden in J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings staring into his memories as the shadows gather around his endangered realm. The counselors of decline whisper the logic of despair into his aging ears. Saruman, they say, referencing the dangerous wizard building armies and fortifications near Theoden's frontiers, had limited goals and you can work with him. Besides, Saruman is irresistible and you can't defeat him. Yes, his warg and orc allies can be a little rough around the edges, but at the end of the day, detente with Saruman offers you your best hope for regional peace. In Tolkien's world, King Theoden woke up from the spell he was under in the nick of time, dismissing his turncoat counselor Wormtongue and let his country back into the light. Will Joe Biden wake up and realize how much danger the United States and our allies face in the Middle East? Does he realize that the newly energized and rallying forces of radical jihadist ideology and international terror are aligned with the Iranian state power? I don't think he does, y'all. I don't think he does at all. Listen to the Pentagon press secretary yesterday. Can you please tell us, did any Iranians die in the attacks on Friday? Uh, so, Laura, as I understand it, uh, CENTCOM is continuing to assess, um, but initial indications are uh, we're not aware of any Iranians killed. But again, we'll continue to analyze, and as we have updates, we'll, we'll let you know. And... Um, What's been happening since we decided to tell Iran we were going to strike them and where we were going to strike them and then didn't kill any of them? So a couple of things, Jennifer. So first of all, on, on your last comment, uh, our forces will always maintain the inherent right of self-defense. So if they need to take appropriate actions to, to defend themselves, they will. And you've seen us do that in the past. Uh, in terms of attacks in Iraq and Syria, since we took these strikes on Friday, I'm actually only tracking two incidents. Uh, there was one attack. On Saturday, um, February the 3rd, that was two rockets that were fired at MSS Euphrates in Syria uh, with no injuries or damage reported. Uh, and then I'm aware of one yesterday, February 4th. This was a, a one-way attack drone that landed several kilometers from MSS uh, Green Village. Um, also in Syria, again, no reported U.S. injuries or damage to those facilities. Um, again, the, the strikes that we took on Friday uh, were in response, as I highlighted in my topper, to the attacks on U.S. forces at Jordan. Uh, and again, we'll take necessary action to defend our forces. But, Pat, I believe that there was a third strike that killed six SDF Kurdish fighters. I think it the one you're referring to is the, the latter one that I highlighted. Uh, and that, and I am aware of those reports of serious, uh, Syria Democratic forces killed in that strike, um, but I'd have to refer you to them to, but to talk about it. was not on a base where U.S. forces were. It was in the vicinity of, of Green Village. We didn't kill any Iranians. We let them know we were coming. We told them the regions we were going to attack. We told them, we gave them hours notice that our bombers were in the air, what sort of bombers we were sending, so they had a good idea of what our capabilities were. I said last week that I kind of hoped that I was wrong. I, I, I kind of hoped that Joe Biden had was gaming the system in, in a way I, I didn't think he was clever enough to be able to do. 
And, well, turns out that I was right to think that, that the Biden administration just wasn't as clever as they could have been. They could have set it up in a way to maximize the damage. But they didn't maximize the damage. They chose willfully not to maximize the damage. They chose to give Iran a heads up. This is what I said on Friday on the program. If the Biden administration were clever, they would do everything they've done to the Iranians. They would tell them we're coming. We're going to bomb in uh, Iraq and we're going to bomb in Syria. We're going to bomb your militant proxies who carried out the attacks. And the attacks coming in a few days. And then we would watch the Iranians and their operatives through our drones and satellites pack up and vacate the premises and we would follow them to their new location. And that's where we would bomb. We've given them a heads up today. The bombers are coming. They're en route. We know the attack is coming. Iraqi officials have confirmed to NBC News that all the militants and their hardware has been packed up and moved to new locations. It would be fantastic if what we actually are doing is bombing those new locations. But I don't know that this administration would be clever enough to do that. I Turns out they weren't clever enough to do that. They were not clever enough to do a, a very simple and clever thing. They didn't do that. They bombed the locations. The Iranians knew they would bomb, and the Iranians had vacated the premises. As Walter Russell Mead notes in the Wall Street Journal, uh, they wanted a response that looked tough to centrists in this country, but not tough enough to deter the Iranians, lest the Iranians decide to escalate. We're dealing not with a bully. We're dealing with evil. The Iranian regime is an evil regime. The other day in Iran, in Tehran, a 21-year-old young man who has called for regime change in Iran and liberalization of ties with the United States and economic opportunity for young Iranians was led through the downtown street in Tehran to the center of the city, rope tied around his neck, and a crane hoisted him in the air. And they left his body all day. This is the regime we're dealing with. Iran doesn't understand rational processes that we do in the West. It is a distinctly bit of Western racism from the wokes that they think that the Iranians are somehow the colonized oppressed and that we have to rationalize with them in different ways. The Iranians understand power and strength. The Iranians understand power and strength. They do. And our history of dealing with Iran shows this. It is a history that Obama and Biden both have chosen to ignore, to think differently, to redo things. They were taken over, Obama and Biden, by the wokes, by the intersectional wokes who believe the world can be explained by the power dynamics of the oppressor versus the oppressed, the white people of the West versus everyone else, and that we need to give the everyone else, the non-white people of the rest of the world their due, 
We need to treat them differently, but all that accomplishes with Iran is for Iran uh, to, to recognize the weakness of the Western ideology that has become pervasive. We don't have to go directly to war with Iran. We don't have to bomb directly Tehran. But Tehran has interests spread out throughout the Middle East, and we must go to war there, and we must destroy those. We must wipe out the Houthi. We must help Israel wipe out Hamas. We must deal with Hezbollah, and we must deal with the Iranian militants in Iraq and Syria. We must do that. We must do it strongly and forcefully and send a message to Iran that we have no intention of doing a proportional response. We We intend intend to wipe wipe them out. We must do that. Now, before I go on, I got to tell you about stamps.com. I used them again yesterday. I did, and it was great. I never had to go to the post office. You know, I look, I don't mind going to the post office. They're very nice people who work at my post office, but I don't want to stand in line with a bunch of people, particularly right now during cold season. Everybody's hacking and who has the flu and who has COVID. Uh, So I can go to the post office uh, or I can go to stamps.com on my laptop. I can arrange for my package to be mailed. I can say, come pick it up. The post office comes to my office. UPS does as well. Pick it up. I had to send something by the post office yesterday. They came and they picked it up. You can get up to 89% off uh, post office and UPS rates. You know, it's in line. You can even get your supplies ordered from stamps.com, which is brilliant, by the way. So you get your labels, postage, whatever you need from stamps.com. Right now, if you go to stamps.com and you click on the microphone on the top right of the site, you put in my name, Eric, you get free postage, free digital scale, no long-term commitment, no contract to sign, very reasonable rates at stamps.com. And here's the thing, they save you money. You're actually offsetting the fee you pay to stamps.com. You're offsetting it with the amount you're saving in, in shipping and no lines. They come to you. It's brilliant for your small business or for yourself. If you send a lot of packages to families and friends, Stamps.com can save you money, and there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Stamps.com, click the microphone, put in my name, Eric, get the digital scale, the free postage, limited time offer. There is no long-term commitment. There is no contract to sign, and you can get started and shipping today. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. And most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever your business is located in the United States, they can help your business grow. If you are buying a building or building a building or you're buying a franchise, buying out a business partner or competitor, those are the sorts of deals they do. Uh, First Liberty Building and Loan can be your lending solution, and you can develop a long-time relationship with them. They've been around since the 90s. They're going to be around. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Again, anywhere in the nation. They can help your business, firstlibertyga.com. 
Uh, to the phone, Steve, you're going to be up first today. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Eric. Uh, I've often heard you talk about how events, uh, unexpected events, can change the course of history. I wondered, and I was thinking about this in your discussion of the president and vice president, what if President Biden resigned? What if he decided not to run? And if you were willing to consider the possibility that he might voluntarily do that, what do you think the political impact could possibly be? Oh, that's a great question. All right, Steve. So it depends. So if he's already collecting delegates, as long as he's not nominated at the Democratic Convention, as long as Kamala Harris is not nominated as his running mate at the Democratic Convention, it becomes an open convention. Because you've already got delegates, those delegates would be in play, there would be a wooing effort, there would be behind-the-scenes pressure from Barack Obama to name someone, not name Michelle Obama, people please. Uh, My guess is, obviously, Gavin Newsom would uh, put his hat in the ring very hard. I will tell you who the Democrats are buzzing about. Andy Bashir of Kentucky. He and Gretchen Whitmer are the two Democratic darlings right now, and Bashir, because he is a young male Southern from a political dynasty who comes across as moderate, even though he's not. He's pretty progressive, but he doesn't come across that way. And they think he would be a a threat to Trump. Um, They also like Gretchen Whitmer a ton. Between the two of them, uh, the Democrats would be able to put someone else up. I got to... In all candor and honesty, if the Democrats want to improve their odds in November, they have got to improve their candidate choice beyond Biden-Harris. It can't be a Gavin Newsom. Democratic consultants privately are willing to concede he is too progressive. It can't be Kamala Harris. Democrats are openly willing to concede uh, she is too bad for business, their business, not corporate business. So they got to come up with somebody else. Uh, Bashir won re-election in Kentucky against a well-funded challenger from the GOP in a year that should have gone against the Democrats, uh, and he did well. They they're looking at him. I look. The reality is, it's probably going to be Biden Trump. Whichever party wants to improve its odds, they'd replace their candidate. Democrats in particular. They got a serious, serious problem on their hands if they do not replace Joe Biden. They don't want to admit it. They don't recognize it, but it is the truth. They have a real problem on their hands with Joe Biden as the nominee and with Kamala Harris as the running mate. Until the moment the candidates are confirmed at the Democratic convention, uh, anything can happen. They can have an open convention. Will they? I doubt it. I, I highly doubt it. But again, They would very much improve their odds if that was something they wanted to do. I just don't see them doing it. Um, I think the GOP will go with Trump as well. And right now, the polling gives Trump a favorability. The the polling right now suggests Trump will win. Now, the polling right now in 2012 said Mitt Romney was going to win, so you got to keep that in mind as well. Um, the, The polling shifts over time as voters start paying attention. Remarkably, most voters right now aren't paying attention. You are. If you're listening to this program, you're politically engaged, but most voters aren't. They're listening to music and they're not paying attention to politics right now. Calling all drivers. Here's why Polestar 2 is called the driver's EV. With all electric performance and a range of up to 320 miles per charge, Polestar 2 has the power and handling to change your perceptions of EV driving. 
but the best way to find out for yourself is a test drive. Visit Polestar Columbus to test drive Polestar 2 today. 320 MPG range based on model year 24 Polestar 2 long range single motor variant and EPA standard. Visit polestar.com for full details.